On today's Question of Faith, how does one live a Catholic life all week long outside of Mass? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Terry Yeoman, the Director of Marriage and Family Ministry for the Diocese of Cleveland. Yes, you are. Welcome um, back, Terry. Good to have you here again. Great to be back. And so someone wrote in this question this week, you know, how does one live a Catholic life all week long outside of Mass? So they said, you know, I go to Mass and I know what, you know, I, I know what that's all about, but I'm wondering, you know, what else you got? <laughs> so, well, what do we do? Let's, uh, why don't we start there? Yeah, it's a great question because uh, we're supposed to be doing more than just going to Mass on Sunday. That's our obligation, but we ought to have a prayer life. So maybe that's the place to start. Outside of Mass, what does prayer look like for each of us? Yeah. Um, for me, I do 40 minutes every morning um, of prayer. And don't ask me why. It's a long story why I don't do a holy hour because I pray probably more than an hour a day. But I, I do 40 minutes in the morning. I do an examine as part of that. I do part of my breviary as part of that. I have a couple uh, devotional prayers that I do. Uh, and a lot of it is, if I'm not in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I have a really nice icon of Christ's face in my room. And sitting there and letting him speak to me, reviewing my day, the previous day with him. Uh, so that's a that's probably the heart of my day because it's the beginning of my day. Mm-hmm. Um I also go to daily – I celebrate daily Mass too, so I guess I could add that. Whenever I'm in my car um, – well, not whenever, but if I'm in my car, I pray my rosary. I pray a rosary every day too, um, and I have to pray the breviary. Mm-hmm. So, and so the breviary is the, the liturgy of the hours. Liturgy of the hours, yeah. There's five hours during the day that I made a promise to pray um, every day at my ordination, so I do that. Um, but then listening to Catholic podcasts like this mm. one, uh, reading books – talking to friends um, about my faith. So there's an awful lot, but I jumped the gun. We want to start with prayer. So that's my my morning my morning jam is 40 minutes of prayer in quiet. But you're a priest. I am a priest, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that when I think of being a busy mom and grandma and all the things that I have, there's I a lot of times where hard, I miss that mark. I still have a hard time believing you're a grandma. <laughs> this is true. It, yeah. it, well, you know, I'm excited about that part of my life. But no, I think um, I think it's important to throw out for people that my prayer life would include that too most days. Like I have iMissile downloaded and I would like to believe that I try to start my morning before I put my feet on the ground. As a mom, it's like get up early and before I put my feet on the ground. I want to open that app and read the readings of the day, try to think about where the Lord's taking me. Um, intercessory prayers are big for me, like who who needs prayers? I want to spend time thinking about who I need to pray for. And then if it comes back to me a couple times during the day, that's somebody that I'm probably going to reach out to and say, hey, I've been praying for you. Is there something going on? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first part is that I try to make the commitment to doing it in the morning. I don't beat myself up if I don't get that done because I don't think the Lord um, is going to be angry with me. I think it's more of, let me try again later in the day. And sometimes it's not until nighttime prayers. We always do meal prayers like that. So prayer for us is automatic. Um, meal prayers is, are easy. Those always happen. Cool. But actually concentrating and doing the liturgy um, two or three times a day, it, sometimes that takes a lot. Cool. Sure. 
Yeah, for me, I think it's much like you, Father, I, I use the breviary in the morning, uh, and then at night, my wife and I pray it together at night. Um, but in the morning, it's it's one of the first things I do when I get into the office. I try to I try to mark my office time this way. So I come into the office, I sit, I do my morning prayer, and then I get on with the rest of my day. And then before I leave, I grab my breviary, I open it up, and I do evening prayer. And then when I go home uh, at night, my wife and I do night prayer together. So, um, but that's sort of the the more formal prayer. I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, I said, if I go to Mass every week on Sunday, I said, you know, what difference does it make? What what Mass is really supposed to do, I think, is it's supposed to propel us for the rest of the week to do what it is that we're called to do. And so I try to try, I try to say, okay, how how have I been changed by the readings this week, and what might what uh, what might God be calling me to do, and then try to integrate something like that into into my own life. And so I, I try to do at least one act of charity each week, whether that's uh, you know, I kind of try to do it with the corporal works of mercy. Sometimes, we, you know, we've been talking about that with college students. Right. We're trying to ask college students to go through the the eight corporal works of mercy now. That uh, since Pope Francis added care for creation to the corporal works, um, and say, hey, can you do? Can you try to do all of these corporal works throughout the season of Lent? Um, and so I try to at least do one of the corporal works a week if I can, whether that's feeding somebody or visiting, you know, visiting the elderly, or you know, I bring communion to someone every week. So that's part of that's part of my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, right. And, and I think for me too, like when I when I read the news now, there used to be a great podcast. I don't think it's out there. I'm going to look to see if it is called Pray the News. Hmm. It was by a group of women mm-hmm. religious, and they I would, do that. yeah. yeah. And they would, they would look at the news every week and they would say, okay, well, what are we being called to pray for as a community for others? So whether that's, you know, the Ukraine this week is one, right? Yeah. I looked up, um, we looked up Marian apparitions and there's really cool ones about the Ukraine from mm. the late 2000s. And I was like, that's pretty awesome that they're, they were having those experiences. So my husband and I were doing the same thing, praying mm. for that, the Ukraine through that. So we did the same thing with that. And I think it, when you look at the news, it's something that needs it right now. So I think that's a great way. I used to teach the poor Claire's over on Rocky River Drive. It's hard to find a group of women who are more attentive to the news of the day than them, and you'd be surprised, but because their life is contemplative and to pray for the world and the church, they were always reading, who are we praying for, and very attentive to the Mm -hmm. needs of the world. Yeah. I think when it comes to how you live out your faith outside of Mass on Sunday, one of the things that we all just share that we have in common is there's some sort of structure to what we're doing, a certain time of day that we set aside to do a particular thing. And that's very Catholic because if things are important to you, then you will schedule them in your day, whether it's a family meal, whether it's exercise, uh, and especially in this case, prayer. So I know when I came... When I was in Rome, I got a good, um, in a really good orarium for writing, and the the hinges of my day to write well were prayer and exercise, because I mm. needed the prayer in the morning, and then after a good day of writing, I needed the exercise just to let my body go and refresh itself. And so I think people who tend to be um, healthy in their Catholic living tend to have a certain amount of structure to their life, and it's not a rigidity, but you have a plan and you pretty much keep to the plan. Maybe you can't always do it exactly, you know, right. you're a busy mom or sometimes you get called to do other things, but to have a structure, to have a plan is important because otherwise, what are you going to be doing? Yeah. Do you pray while you work out? I used to do that. I still I still do that, I should say, when I when I walk and when I do other things. But, well, I have well, a funny story about that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, when I was uh, 
a little bit younger. My children were younger. I think my oldest was maybe a freshman in high school. I was always taking the song from the daily mass because, you know, we work for church. So daily mass was really important. And we would sing a cappella and the song would be in my mind. So I would sing one of the hymns throughout the day, Mm. but it was more like breath prayer. So I'd be like Uh. humming, but it was like just breath coming out. I wasn't saying Mm -hmm. words. And it was so probably sounded horrible, like, (laughs) who knows? But my daughter finally asked me, like, she's like, Mom, I'm really worried. Like, you should go to the doctor. And I'm like, what? She's like, there's really something wrong with your breathing. (laughs) She's like, it's like, it's all day long. I always hear you breathing so crazy. Maybe it's asthma. And But it was, I was praying all day, every day. I just kind of made it a background reel in my brain. That's funny. Just a thought. Well, when I work out, I usually do... Um, biblical numbered reps. So threes, sevens, tens, twelves. Like yesterday when I was working out, I'll show you here just so I can get it. But I was doing like a... This is sort of a visual. Father yeah. Damien is now... I, I, the tricep? Chair crunches. Is now doing yeah. the chair crunches. I would, yeah. So 40. And I do them that way because a 40 is a good biblical number too. Notice I made no move to try to follow him in that exercise. <laughs> or 33. Okay. Or 50 for Pentecost. Uh, but wow. I would do biblical numbers. That That's helpful. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, so, for, for me, I do the rosary. Like if I'm doing laps or something like that, I try to say, okay, how, you know, how many decades could I do on my way around and, and see well, what and, that is. And for people that maybe aren't praying the rosary all the time, like that that's too daunting or scary or you're not sure, I was always taught that even if you're throwing up a Hail Mary for a person, mm-hmm. that is a prayer. Um, Mike, you also said something that when, that you pray with your wife, and that, to me, that's one of the very simple things and a lot of our couples probably aren't doing, which they could be doing, and that could be simply holding each other's hands, looking to into each other's eyes, sharing that moment of what's going on with you in your day, mm-hmm. um, what, what happened to you today, what was something good, what was something bad, and that's a prayer. You turning and focusing on the Lord and surrendering those things to Him. And it can be a very simple process for someone to start to learn how to pray if they haven't done mm-hmm. it before. Just what's important for you. And, okay, let's let's ask Jesus to bless us. At Tole Lege, we do that. After night prayer, we do what we call happies and crappies or <laughs> pits and peaks, yep. roses and thorns. Mm-hmm. So the, your good Friday moment of the day where you suffered and struggled, what was hard, mm-hmm. and your glory moment where you experienced the joy of the resurrection. It's a poor man's examine, but it's mm-hmm. a great place to start. Right. We, we had small groups. We had, had dinner. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Exactly. We, we had that at, on campus when I was in, in campus ministry. We would bring people together just about every night, and, and they would just sit around and you know come come if you want to come, don't come if you don't want to come. It was right. that kind of thing, and people would regularly come, and they would just sit and they would just talk about the highs and lows of their day, yeah. sometimes of their week if they hadn't been there for a while. I think that's for families. That's huge, and it yeah. doesn't have to be around the table because a lot of busy families aren't eating around a dinner table. Do it in the car ride if you're transporting back and forth about something, asking the question, "What's your high and low of the day?" And then you're connecting with your children as well as turning it into a prayer by praying for them. And for the person who asked this question, you know, they're, they're just starting out, right? So, they, so they, were, they were looking for things that they were just starting out. I'd say, you know, think about what are the rhythms of your own life right now. What's going on in your life? What are things that remind you of things that you could be prayerful about? So here's one example. So in the morning, I do my morning prayer sitting at my desk. And both of you know, since you're, you're my colleagues here at work, that my office is littered with pictures. 
There's pictures literally everywhere all around my office. And I take a moment, the, the intercessions that come up during morning prayer, you know, we always add our own at the end of it. The church prescribes some for morning prayer, but then we add our own. And I just look around the room and I pray for every picture. And, it reminds, cool. you know, and it's like, well, okay, who's who haven't I talked to for a while, right? There's that. And then there's who do I know is struggling right now? And I can pray especially for them. And then, you know, pictures of my parents who are no longer with us. So I pray for their souls and, mm-hmm. you know, all those. And that reminds me to pray for not just my parents who are dead, but everybody else who's dead too, right? You know, yeah, right. Who, who needs our prayers. And you bring up a good example too with if there's been a funeral and you've got the mass card that you can take that home and hold on to it and say a prayer for that person every time you happen to look at it. Write a post-it note of a scripture if you're going to use scripture and put it on the mirror or something that you reflect on that as you get ready in the morning or in the evening. One of the things I do in the evening is I look through my text messages and say, who text messaged me in the last couple of days who needs a prayer right now? You know, what are they going through? You know, why did they, they call me? Why did they text me? Why did they email me? Whatever it is. And mm-hmm. say, you know, okay, they, they, they might need my prayers right now. So let me take some time and just do that for them. So whatever it is that's going on in your own life, use that as mm-hmm. a method of prayer. Yeah. And, and truly, it, it's you turning your heart, your mind, and your thoughts to God. And so even if you're just like, I don't even know about this, God. I'm just starting. How do I do this? Okay, I'm going to turn my heart to you right now and just being quiet so that he can speak back. Uh-huh. This uh, recently at Sunday Mass, the responsorial psalm was, the Lord is kind and merciful. So just sitting with a line of scripture, mm-hmm. the Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord is kind. Wow. That means that the Lord is not mean and vengeful. That means the Lord is kind and merciful. And that, let that truth sink into your mind and into your heart. That's mm-hmm. a way. That's a great way to pray. pray. I mean, the, the Word of God is living and effective. So praying with the Bible is God speaking to us. It's a great way to go. Yeah. And prayer is supposed to change us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like that, that's something I, I think some people will think that this is – there was, so there was a time on campus where there was, there was a bad – I don't remember exactly the whole incident, but there was an incident on campus, and the students didn't like the way the administration responded to it. And they said, you know, we need more than prayers and good wishes. And I pulled the guy aside who said that and said – Prayers are not good wishes. Mm-hmm. Have I taught you nothing? Right? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we're not just wishing that like God will just turn it all around. I said, you know, not that God can't turn it all around if God chooses to. I said, but we're choosing, you know, how does this change us? You know, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. It makes us more open, makes us more uh, willing to go the extra yard. It helps us learn that our hearts can stretch farther than we think that they can go. And helps us understand God's will more. So then we can respond to it in kind, Uh, because sometimes we think, well, this must be God's will. So this has to happen. And then through prayer, you realize, oh, maybe that wasn't God's will to begin with. You know, another another uh, great thing to pray for. And again, this is recently in the scriptures um, is for enemies. And I won't give Mm. you my list of enemies, but I have a list of about (laughs) six or seven people that are difficult for me. And what I find is that when I pray for these particular people, um, my heart is soft. Because I think, well, you know what? I'm probably other people's enemies, too. People don't like me. But I'd hope they'd love me and want my best and want what's good for me. Mm -hmm. And let me say one more thing, too. So um, 
people who know me know that I really like music a lot, and I like musicians, and I love people. And that doesn't mean I endorse all their lyrics or their songs. But at the end of my rosary, I have different lists, like different people I pray for in litanies, and one is rock stars mm. and musicians. So let me see if I could do this for you. So uh, Bruce Springsteen, Patty Griffin, Gillian Welch, David Rollins, Connor Oberst, Josh Ritter, Ryan Adams, Willie Watson, Annie Clark, Sean Marshall, Sean Rao, Parker Millsap, uh, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift's mom, Miley Cyrus, Rin Weaver, Lana Del Rey, Britney Spears, Jack White, Jewel, John Bon Jovi, Steven Tyler, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, the guys in 21 Pilots, guys in Walk the Moon, guys in Guns N' Roses. Every day I pray for those artists and for that they use their gifts to um, to do good and not to do evil. And I know that a lot of those artists aren't great. They're not Christian musicians, but they're people who are loved by God and who I, I want them to use their gifts for good and not for evil. So I pray nice. for them every day by name. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I really like Alphabetical it. order? Uh, no, there's uh. just an order of different things. And Taylor Swift's mom for a while was going through cancer treatment. That's yes. right. And I have a priest friend who's friends with her dad who said, hey, would you pray for Taylor Swift's mom? So I thought, okay. I don't, I don't know if she's recovered yet or if she's still in chemo, but every day. Nice. We also now have a very good playlist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you can slow it down long enough. To get That's it. right. Exactly. There's yeah. And, you know, there's also so many resources online, too, that people can go to yeah. to find things that, that if you're looking for support in that. CatholicFamilyFaith.org has a bunch of uh, recommendations for prayer things. There's just tons of things that people can do. Yeah. Um, and use. Yeah. Use YouTube videos for prayer. Use sure. them for the rosary if you're not sure of how to do it by yourself. And, uh, Mike, we talked about this on a previous episode, but the Father Mike Schmidt's Read the Bible yeah. in a Year thing. Mm-hmm. There's all, all sorts of resources. Yeah, his, uh, the Hallow app. That's oh, what I was yeah. going to say. I had that one down, too. Yeah, the, the Hallow app is very good. And, and then formed? Formed again. Formed.org formed. is yep. like Netflix for Catholics. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. what, Yeah, there's a lot of really good resources and kids' things on there. Um, and we, the Diocese of Cleveland endorsed that a lot of places have access to Formed for free. Mm-hmm. How about that uh, show, The Chosen? With, with that Chosen, oh, The Chosen. Yeah. The Chosen. Still, me, I haven't watched it, but people yeah. tell me that it's a prayerful experience mm-hmm. to watch it. and think and pray yeah. about it. We have a Catholic radio station in the diocese, is one way to you mm-hmm. know, remind you on your commute. If you have mm-hmm. Sirius XM, yeah, they have the Catholic Channel with my buddy Father Dave Dwyer. There's all those kinds of things. It's never been easier than before. You know, I use iMissile and iBrievery mm-hmm. as, as ways to connect to the. Uh, I love iMissile. Yeah, as ways to connect the, the, to the prayers of the church, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And nothing wrong with the good old Bible, right? And I just yeah. uh, thought of this, too. Uh, as we get close to Lent, fasting. Yeah. You, someone asks you to oh, pray yeah. for them, mm-hmm. you can fast for that person. Maybe mm-hmm. give up uh, alcohol for the day or give up Netflix for the day or for 40 days, whatever. But you could always fast for people, too. That's a way to be mm-hmm. active in your prayer during the week. Go on Wednesdays and Fridays, abstain from meat, do something. Yeah. yeah. Fasting doesn't just mean food. Like you said, you know, Netflix, the internet, texting, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Whatever, whatever's keeping mm-hmm. you away from uh, what, what you think you should be doing, mm-hmm. you know? I think, too, just stopping each day. We all eat, most of us, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times a day at least. Like, if you can just stop and pause and say, okay, Lord, what do I need to be doing right now? What do I need today? And that that's a simple process. If I can pause before I eat, what do I need to be doing? Who should I be reaching out to? What do you need for me today, Lord? And that's the prayer, that we're doing what He needs us to do, mm-hmm. be the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I would say most people associate prayer with a church. 
And so we've talked about ways you could do all that outside of church, but one way you could do it in a church is one of the churches that uh, is going to be part of our nine nights is mm. in Doylestown. Yeah, right? Saints Peter and Paul, which is the oldest parish and the first parish of the Diocese of oh, Cleveland. look at that. Yeah, so I've only been down there once. Father Kurt Kondik, who was ordained in 2000, had his uh, massive Thanksgiving there, and I remember serving it. And just recently, Father Peter Morris, who was a former student, became pastor down there. Ah. And so he was really excited when we asked him if he, he could host nine nights, because it's a way for the parish to do something together with a new pastor and get to know each other. So it's small. It's a country parish originally, and we could talk more about it after we go down and take another visit. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And then our our scripture this week. Uh, so you know, we put a podcast up early because we want to talk about the the whole incident in uh, in Phoenix with the baptism. Right. And so we're gonna we're gonna give you double duty this week on uh, our readings for this coming Sunday. Yeah, last week or on the our special episode, we talked about the wooden beam from your eye or the plank in your eye. Maybe one of the the other sections of the gospel for this weekend. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. Mm. For every tree is known by its fruit. So sometimes... Uh, when you're not sure how things are going to play out and we want to rush to say, no, let's control it. Just wait a second, see what kind of fruit it bears, and then you'll know. A lot of times in terms of discernment, whether uh, especially at the seminary we're working with a guy, well, you'll, you'll find out if this is good discernment or bad. If, if the guy left for the right reasons, you'll know because his life will bear good fruit. And if not, if he goes down this path, well, it probably wasn't the best of discernment. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the signs of discernment. Yeah, a good spiritual director, along with our question, you know, if you need a good spiritual director, that's something we could help you find as well. Mm-hmm. Someone who will help. Everybody needs a coach, right? Yes. Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan, they all had coaches. And so sometimes we need coaches in our spiritual life, too. And so a good spiritual director could help you do that. And uh, with that, looks like we've you know wasted another good 20 minutes talking about uh, the stuff nice. that we like to talk about here. And so I'm Mike Hayes. I'm Father Damien Ference, And I'm Terry Yeoman. And this has been Question of Faith. And we'll see you all again next week. Have a great day. 